Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 78 with Rhiannon Bush, part 12 of the Your Year series. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to the last episode in the third block of the Your Year series. So the Your Year series was broken down into four blocks. Number three was all about intrinsic work that we can do to help us move towards our goal with more joy, with more ease, and to, yeah, really actually achieve that. So I hope you're really loving it and yeah, let's crack on. Today we're talking about the secret success tool. Have you ever wondered why someone has something you don't? Looking from the outside in, there seems to be no logical explanation for how they got it or even though you want it, you don't have it and you can't seem to get it. And it kind of sucks, huh? I've often done that and I've really had to take a lot of time to work out when I compare myself with others, whether it's because I need a baseline and I don't understand what I'm capable of until I see somebody else do it and I go, oh, that's cool. Like I've got mentors I've listened to for a long time and had exposure to and they're like, look, until somebody told me they were earning a certain amount of money, I didn't realize I was capable of doing the same because it's not something as a society we talk about or you see people that you know, have stuff that I've looked at and I've thought, oh, yeah, I'd really like that. But then you realize they're in a ton of debt or you realize that they're in network marketing or you realize that they have other income streams that they have and utilize to, you know, have a lifestyle that, you know, I've watched and thought, oh, yeah, cool. So I personally don't think it's such a bad thing if I use other people's results as a baseline for what I'm achieving to go, okay, well, I'm measuring up or I'm exceeding expectations as others are setting that benchmark around me. Actually, as I'm saying this, the biggest one I can remember is um, when I've been part of sales teams and I see other people's targets and the way that their pipeline looks and the way that they're achieving. And I look at my pipeline and that shows me, well, no, I'm doing really well or no, I need to work harder because I've got that context and that sort of baseline to go, yeah, okay, well, that's what they're doing and that's what I need to be doing as well. Where comparing is not a positive thing is when you start to feel jealousy or envy because, oh, they've got what I want and I'm never going to have it and I can't have it and I'm not worthy enough to have it, whereas they've got some secret special thing going on that, you know, I don't have. And I have honestly, hand on heart, spent a lot of time in that space, a lot of time. I was actually, I met up with a girlfriend at the beach the other day and I was talking to her and in high school, she was part of the sort of farm crew. So the farmers in Tassie, you know, you're out bush, you you know, go to the toilet in the bush, whatever. And I know this is a crazy example, but I remember being on school camp. We as a family didn't camp. We had a sort of shack we went to and we visited. Um, but I, so, you know, roughing it in the bush wasn't something that I did. I didn't sleep outside. I didn't do my business outside or anything like that. But I remember in high school being super squeamish about it. Now my mum, not so much, have to deal with that stuff all the time. And so now I'm like, bushwees, fine, no worries. But in high school, I remember like 
you know, it's always it's not always the cleanest thing to do. And I remember looking at the farm girls going, they just like they must be able to like squat better than me or something. You know, like it just I know it's a real ridiculous example. But I used to then go, oh God, like I'm not I'm can't can't even, you know, we we in the bush very effectively. You know, and it just became this really self-deprecating horrible cycle which is so unnecessary so unnecessary and when I was talking to this girlfriend on the beach she was like no just like whatever you just don't care about it like no we don't squat better than you you were doing it perfectly (laughs) so just so much mental energy on just things that are so trivial and don't matter right but this is how I'm maturing and have matured as as a person and this secret success tool I'm going to teach you is called modeling yes modeling not like runway modeling modeling is one of the first things that we are taught as students of neuro-linguistic programming so NLP I haven't actually brought NLP into my episodes so it's interesting I'll have to do that but how to model behavior is what modeling is and it essentially formulates success by looking out at the hierarchy we spoke about in episode 73 so um, that episode was called stop limiting your thinking Because modeling affects our values, beliefs, thoughts, actions, outcomes, and therefore our lives. So it involves observing and emulating the actions, attitudes, or strategies of another person who already has the results that we want. To model behavior, we take the time to really study someone. Hello, fellow people watchers. And we get super curious about what they do, why they do it, and other things about them we can observe and therefore we can take on that behavior as well. So we can imitate. A lot of the time we can't explain why we do what we do. We can't tell someone, oh, we walk like that, we talk like that, we carry ourselves like that. You know, we think the things that we think. So this process can be difficult and it can also be very layered. So cognitive modeling is a process of actively and consciously working to understand somebody else's behavior. So it's about studying them and going, right, what do you do from a very cerebral, logistic, conscious standpoint? So think of a student studying somebody and deliberately analyzing how somebody walks, talks, acts with the specific purpose of copying that behavior to meet with success. So John Acuff, the book that I um, did an episode on, he had a mentor can't remember the mentor's name, but when you have a mentor, you are specifically working with that mentor to get the results that they have. The reason you see a mentor have a mentor is because they have hit a level of success that you haven't hit yet and you want to know how they've done it and they can teach you because they have it. So this is very, very similar to modeling behavior. Intuitive modeling is something we learn from a very young age and we do first and foremost with our parents and that's feeling and absorbing the way those around us behave and we naturally adopt and replicate those behaviors and those patterns from those around us without being explicitly aware of it. So intuitive modeling doesn't involve that higher order thinking where we go into analysis mode like cognitive modeling does. So if you've ever heard that expression, women marry their fathers, this is why. It's because from a very young age, men, the father in our life, the father figure in our life, maybe biological, may not be, but they teach us by the way that we see them treat our mother or their partner, whoever that might be, that that is how you treat your loved one. 
right? That is how. And so when that expectation is set from such a young age on such a deeply unconscious level, we then go out into the world as older women searching for that behavior in somebody. And when we find it, it's familiar because it was our father's. Even if our parents, either one, were absolutely awful human beings and we know that that behavior is wrong as an adult and we do everything we can to avoid it, chances are we will still attract it into our lives because it's familiar and we understand the behavior and we recognize it, which makes it familiar, which then feeds into our unconscious bias. So it's this whole mess that we have to undo as an adult because it will keep appearing in our lives if we don't normally. Okay. So in terms of modeling, some of my favorite people and authors have discussed and popularized it. Tony Robbins, so the founders of NLP, Richard Bandler and John Grinder, uh, Warren Buffett, Tim Ferriss, who has a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, and that is an awesome book. If you are a business owner or you're an entrepreneur or you want to be, read The 4-Hour Workweek. It's awesome. Um, Napoleon Hill, he wrote Think and Grow Rich, which is a very old book. I've read half of it because it's written in this really old way, but it's awesome. Um, And Robert Kiyosaki, who uh, is very much, I think he's rich dad, poor dad. Yeah, wealth, wealth creation. So they all reference modeling and talk about modeling. Modeling focuses on what, how, and why. What the person does, so the way they act, the way they hold themselves, what they say, and how they do it. So their internal computing, their self-talk, questions they ask themselves, the values that they live by, and why their beliefs and assumptions about themselves, the world, and them in the world. So for example, if you're a sprinter, like a 100 meter, 200 meter sprinter, runner, and you want to be competitive, you can look at Andre de Grassi or Asafa Powell or Tyson Gay. You can research their training schedule and their diet. You can find out who they were coached by. You can get that same coach. You can emulate everything they did to get faster and race successfully. Or you can do that exact same thing, but for Usain Bolt. So if you're a sprinter, why wouldn't you emulate the best? The one who holds the most records. And the best thing, the thing that makes this the secret success tool is that we have so much information available to us today. There's not much we can't find out if we really try. And it can be applied to anything. Music, art, sport, gym, telling a joke being organized, skills we want to acquire like cooking or time management, anything, all on the basis that everything we want to be effective has a formula by which to be effective at that thing. We just have to learn what the strategy is, what the formula is, and we do that best by looking at those who have already achieved it. And if we're already highly skilled in something, but we're still not achieving that level of success that we're hoping for, then it's probably about something more than the skill itself. And this is where modeling is great because you can get into the juiciness, you can get into the person's energy, their mindset, their attitudes, their state management, their self-talk. You get to try it all on as if that person was right there with you every single day, working hard, holding you accountable, wanting you to succeed and to help you conquer what you're setting out to do. So why not model the best there is? Aim high because you'll go a lot further by aiming high than if you aim low. There are many reasons for modeling. Access to new experiences and abilities, flexibility in our own lives and behaving differently to how we do today. 
Especially if something isn't serving us, finding patterns in unwanted experiences like addiction, anxiety, depression, relationships, weight gain, modeling people who already have the result that you want to have will fast track your success in that thing and you getting better results because people actually doing the thing is so much more important than reading it in a book or reading it online or reading a textbook. I'll bring it back to the surgeon thing. I've said it so many times. You can call yourself a surgeon when you go and get your medical degree and you walk out of of that going, yep, well, I've got the piece of paper that says I'm a surgeon. But until you've cut somebody open and actually done the thing, can you really call yourself a surgeon? It's like I have a degree in performing arts. So what? It's a piece of paper. It doesn't mean that I'm any good at it. (laughs) So you've got to really work out the way to get the result that you want and why you want the result. Do you want the piece of paper or do you want the result? If you want the result, find someone who has the result already and do everything they do. For my sciencey, but I want to know why, friends, listening to this right now, several things happen in our brain when we mirror someone, when we model. When we model behavior, several brain mechanisms come into play. So the first is our mirror neurons. So these neurons fire when we observe somebody else performing an action mirroring that observed behavior in our own brain. So this neural mirroring aids in understanding and learning behaviors by replicating the observed actions. The second is neuroplasticity. So modeling behavior can alter our brain structure and function through neuroplasticity and allows the brain to reorganize itself in response to learning and experience. And repeating that model behavior can create new neural pathways reinforcing that behavior. So again, it fast tracks your road to success and goal achievement. The third is social learning and reward systems. So modeling behavior can activate the brain's reward system. When we observe successful behaviors and outcomes in others, our brain releases neurotransmitters like dopamine, which motivate us to imitate those behaviors for potential rewards. The fourth is learning and memory formation. So this process of modeling engages areas of the brain associated with learning and memory, such as the hippocampus. As we mimic and practice the modeled behavior, these brain regions encode and consolidate the learned actions. I remember when my brother was little and he watched Shrek, the movie for the first time, he could imitate Donkey and he did it over and over and over again. And if you watch children, you'll totally understand what I mean by modeling how they parrot and how they express things and how they can say something and you just think, oh my goodness, like me is coming out of your mouth right now. And that's why around kids, you've got to be so careful what you say because what you say gets passed on at school and all sorts of things. And it's because it's the fastest way as humans we learn, especially when it comes to language. So, you know, modeling behavior stimulates a variety of neural networks involved in perception, imitation, learning, reward processing, contributing to the acquisition and replication of those observed behaviors. So when we do that, we can achieve a similar outcome in whatever it is we've been deconstructing and implementing to stop doing something or to start. To model behavior, we need to firstly observe. So closely watch and pay attention to what it is somebody else is doing who has achieved that success in the area you want to achieve success in too. 
The second is to identify the specific behaviors, attributes, and attitudes of the role model. The things that are effective, desired, and influential. So identify what aspects are going to get you the best result and are worth mimicking. The third is to mimic or imitate those aspects you've identified as being the most impactful. Practice it, adopt it, repeat it. The fourth is to adapt. So the way we role model may not be the way you need to do it to get the best result for you. So by adapting it for you, your life, your circumstances, you may get an even better result. The fifth is repetition and feedback. So repeat the actions, the behaviors, the strategies, the self-talk, the mindset, the posture, the energy, and see what happens. Calibrate the feedback that you get from the world around you, from your environment, the people, the places. See what happens and refine it. Keep adapting and adjusting as necessary until you get the outcomes you're looking for. Be resilient. Don't stop. Keep going. The sixth is to integrate. So the more you repeat the modeling, the more ingrained it will become until it's unconscious behavior. It doesn't become integrated without repetition. So to achieve our goals, model behavior. Find someone who has what you want and who's done it well and consistently. It could be a person. It could be somebody online, whatever. But find them research them, and then do your best to meet them in person. In the David Goggins book, he talks about meeting Michael Jordan, basketballer. And he says in that moment, he's like, I didn't realize he was just a person. And while I think of a lot of superstars, like the ones I mentioned earlier, like the Tim Ferrisses, the Tony Robbins, the Warren Buffetts, they are just people. I've got them on a bit of a pedestal in my mind, but they are just people. And if you have that attitude that they are just people, you're just a person, then it makes understanding the way they operate, think of it like their operating system, that you can actually work out the formula of their operating system and then you can implement that in your own life as well. It's absolutely possible. And what's the harm in trying if it helps you get your goal easier than you would have otherwise? So to do this, ask, what is the specific behavior or skill I want to model. Define the behavior or skill you aim to learn or replicate. Clarity on what you're modeling will help you firstly focus your efforts, but also narrow down who's the best person to help you. The second is who is a role model or expert in this behavior? Identify who you want to model and then study their actions, approaches, mindset. And if you want to kick it up a gear, don't do this as a creepy stalker thing. Just ask them. Get to know them. Become friends with them. We have Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, the thousand and one social media platforms, right? Why not? Give it a go. Spend the time. The third is to find out how they execute the behavior. So break down the steps or elements involved. Analyze the process or techniques they use to perform their behavior effectively. So thinking about Usain Bolt, what was his warm-up routine? What was his training schedule? What was his diet? Start with the really practical, obvious stuff and then dive deeper by reading autobiographies or documentaries about them or articles about them where they've actually been speaking and they've had it you know, from their perspective. It hasn't been tainted by somebody else's interpretation of what they say or think or whatever that might be. And then ask yourself, what strategies or resources can I use to practice? And develop a plan for practicing your role model's behavior. 
Determine ways to incorporate it into your routine and practice. Do it deliberately. Do it strategically. Don't just wing it because this is your goal you're trying to achieve, right? These are skills you're trying to develop. These are ways that you can be more effective in your life and get the life that you want. So repetition will get you faster results. And from there, you can keep or modify the changes that you've made to get even better results. How will you know if it's working? Establish a few key ways to track your progress. If you're the sprinter, it's your time. If it's your gym routine, it's how much weight you're lifting. If it's your weight loss, it's how your clothes are fitting you and the energy you have. If it's time management, it's how stressed you're feeling on the scale of 1 to 10 and how much you're getting things done. If it's baking, did it taste good? How did it look? Evaluate it. Keep doing what works. Change what isn't. Visualize. Break down the steps and visualize your role model doing the thing you want to succeed at. Use your eyes to see them. How are they standing? What are they doing? Use your intuition to feel them. What is their energy telling you? What is their posture? Hear them. How are they breathing? How do they sound? Visualizing them and success will help you identify what they do and you need to do more of to get a similar result. And don't just have one role model. If you have a few at a time, you'll more easily identify the gaps between your behavior and theirs because there'll be synergies in theirs. They'll do similar things that you can go, oh, oh, yep, they do it and they do it and they do it. And then you'll be like, right, I need to do that too. And then the outcome they're getting versus the outcome you're getting, that gap, you can easily close it when you've got multiple role models to follow. Too many role models and you may miss the important things. So I would suggest maybe a maximum of about three. Trust what feels right for you. Who will you model? Who has the results you want? Write that down now. Schedule a time in to research them or speak with them or just understand their behaviors a little bit more deeply. I will see you soon. Hey, before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have to listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.